many of you in the house of the Lord know that prayer changes things. They said, when you pray, you believe and trust God to answer your prayer, and it shall come to pass. I believe somebody has a prayer before the Lord, even today. And you've been waiting on God to send an answer. And you've come into this auditorium expectantly. And I want you to know, if you believe it and have faith in it, it shall come to pass. Would you just look over toward your neighbor and say, neighbor, it shall come to pass. Clap your hands and praise God for the answer to your prayer. Be seated in the house of the Lord. How wonderful it is to be back in the house, back in the building where we can gather together and give the Lord praise. Sister Judy McAllister leading us Our co-pastor, Elder Charles Blake, also leading us. If we come together in one accord, get together by faith and believe God for the answer, I just know the answer is on the way. So we welcome you to the house of the Lord on today. We praise God for our co-pastor and for our first lady, Lady May Blake. Let's praise God for her. Our co-pastor, Elder Charles Blake II. Come on, let's give him a hand. And praise God, I want to welcome our internet audience. Our services are increasing in internet attendance every Sunday. And we want to welcome everybody, whether they may be across the nation or across the world, that is tuning in and logging in to our services and receiving the blessing of the Lord. I want you to go with me to the word of the Lord and we're going to share those things that the Lord has placed on our spirits and somebody will be blessed by the word of the Lord. I want to talk today on the subject water spilled on the ground water spilled on the ground. Would you say that after me, please? Water spilled on the ground. Second Samuel 14, 14. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. An exciting scenario surrounds the words that I spoke to you on this morning. But for the sake of time, I will not deal with the entire setting. I just want to restrict our attention to these words only. Say it after me, water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Water is the world most abundant resource 
it covers approximately 70% of the surface of the earth. But water is also not only the abundant resource, it is an essential and valuable resource to all of us. All forms of animal and vegetable life depend on water for survival. And where there was no water, there would very soon be no life. The waters of the earth cool the earth. The waters of the earth prevent the earth from overheating. The saltiness of the ocean prevents and controls putrefaction and then it provides purified vapors that return to the earth in the form of refreshing rain. Water makes it possible for various forms of animal and vegetable life to maintain their fluid balances and thus it helps them to survive. And in most modern developed countries, water is taken for granted. And we have municipalities and county governments to assure and provide us with a pure and adequate water supply. But in ancient days, and even in certain parts of the world today, life itself revolved around and revolves around a quest for water. I visited places where people had to walk miles just to get water. In certain parts of the world, even today, many are dying for lack of water. But ancient men were much more aware and people in dry, remote, undeveloped places are much more aware of the need for and the importance of water. I'm told that one of the greatest tragedies of the future will be a global shortage of pure, wholesome water. Global warming, pollution, will result in a diminishing of drinkable water. And the generations of those days will wish that we of former generations had been more careful in our management of the earth. God said that we should replenish the earth, not deplete the earth. And the text evolved the image of scarcity and extreme need. Why else would the thought of gathering up spilled water ever even come to mind? Were there inadequate and ample sources of water available, one would not care about the water that was lost. But in my mind, I see a tired, thirsty traveler traveling through a wilderness place, reaching because of his thirst for his water skin. I see it in his hand as he takes it up and prepares to get a drink from it. But as he lifts it up, it splits abruptly and all the precious water that it contained came splashing down on the ground. When water is absorbed into the soil, it cannot be gathered up 
again. When water is absorbed into the soil, it cannot be replenished. Whatever person, whatever purpose he had in mind for the water becomes thwarted and foiled. And the thirst that it would have satisfied must go unmet. The strength, the vitality, even the life that it would have provided and supported ebbs away and is lost because of the loss of his water. But I want you to know that water is just as important now as it ever was. There's no substitute for water. Drink all the seven ups and cokes you want. All the coffee you can consume. But after a while, you just want a cold glass of water. We should not, cannot allow the accessibility of water to hide its increasing value, necessity, and scarcity. Other important resources of the earth are also diminishing. What about our air, our oil, the life in our seas, lakes, rivers, our trees, our tropical rain forests? Once all of this is lost, it's going to be impossible to recover anything that we have lost. But may I suggest something? There are many other things and many other entities that on a personal level are also very, very valuable to us. Remember the last time you made a list of things most valuable to you? When was the last time you listed them and analyzed your list? Let's make a list now. Things most important to us. Number one, how about life? Life is important. How about health? Millions in your pocket does not suffice if your body is a wreck and disease. What about God? Look over to the neighbor and say, put him on the list. Uh-huh. What about salvation? What about God's will, God's plan for your life? That's important. What about peace and happiness? Ugh. I don't care how much money you have and how many folk love you, if you have no peace, no happiness, you can't really enjoy it. We're going to make a list today. What about your husband or your wife? Not you, you know the one I'm talking about. If you've got a good marriage, one of the most wonderful things in your life is your wife and your husband. What about your family? That's a pretty good list. What about a home, a place to live, 
material comforts. I could go on and on and on. Money, friends, character, reputation. What about your potential, your future? What about key moments, opportunities for significant accomplishments? What about thoughts and ideas, wisdom, sharp mind? What about your career and your efforts toward personal advancement? What when you say that that's important? Not only should you make a list, but you ought to rank the things that are important to you according to their level of importance. And I'm sure that many of you would add other valuable things to the list. But be careful what you put on your list because there is the possibility of conflicting values. Something of less value can destroy and devastate your accessibility to something of greater value. But it's also interesting to note what we did not place on the list, right? Without thinking about it, we spend a lot of time on energy and things that are not on our list. If you really got a good list and you're consulting that somebody can come and try to distract you and get you on their agenda and you just have to tell them, I'm sorry, it ain't on my list. Are you with me? It's also noticing that we must not be allowed to jeopardize the more important things on our list. If you've got an important thing, you don't let unimportant things block your important things, waste your time, and squander your resources. Our time and our energy ought to be focused on the things that are truly most valuable. You ever just had things that go wrong and what you wanted to accomplish on a given day, you just didn't get to it, and at the end of the day, you were frustrated and weary and tired. You had lost a whole day, but your time was wasted, and you did not work on what was most valuable on your list. Listen, valuable things like water are difficult and sometimes impossible to recover. Look over toward your neighbor and just say, neighbor, valuable things like, wa like water are important and sometimes difficult to recover. Once you lose something, it's sometimes impossible to recover it back again. And then, again, once you lose something or forget something, and even if you recover it, you've still lost some time. You left house without your cell phone. And, and uh, we can't get you away from your cell phone. You left the house without your cell phone. You got 15 or 20 minutes down the freeway, and there it was. You forgot my cell phone. You got to turn back around and spend that same 15 minutes again, getting back to the house to get your cell phone. 
30 minutes and you're right back where you started again. Be careful how you handle the elements and aspects of your life because even though you got it and came back with it, you lost all the time and you're at zero time now and have to start all over again. Look at your name and say, don't have to start all over again. Am I preaching yet? Some people spend their whole life trying to recover what they've lost. Samson's hair was very valuable to him. It was a symbol of token of God's power. But Samson lost his hair. And ultimately, his hair did grow back. But in the process, he lost his sight. And he lost his life. And this is why Hebrews 2 and 1 says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him? Here the writer says that salvation is of great value, but we can lose it if we neglect it. But the text also says that unless we heed and pray attention to the things that the Lord has said to us, those things that the Lord has said can slip away from us. So that just like you can lose your your, your cell phone, just like you can lose your keys, you can lose your salvation and you can lose your relationship with Almighty God if you neglect it. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Kings chapter 20 and verse 39. A prophet spoke a parable to the king and said, your servant went out into the midst of the battle and there a man came over and brought a man to me. And he said, guard this man. If by any means he's missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. And then the original, original speaker says, while your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. He entrusted a prisoner into my hands. I got distracted, and when I knew anything, the prisoner had escaped while I was busy here and there. Listen, we lose valuable things because sometimes we're too busy here and there. Esau, the son of Isaac, lost his birthright because he placed greater value on a meal than he did on his birthright. We must remember to evaluate highly that which is valuable. We've got to conserve what we value. Our human earthly fleshly nature is afflicted by a twisted scale of value. Sometimes something in us calls for and reaches for something crazy and kinky and 
intoxicating it, drug-related, rather than things that are really, really valuable to us. You know Satan tries to distract you with the nothing that he has to offer and turn you away from the wonderful, beautiful wealth and treasure that God wants to put in your life. Satan makes it his, busy, his business to turn us away from valuable things and worthless things. He makes it his business to turn us away from good and toward evil. This is why the Bible says Satan is a liar in John 8 and 44. And Peter in 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. How many of you know you are in a fight with the devil? Oh, yes, they, they are fighting in, in the far parts of the earth, Ukraine, and, and fighting in, in, uh, uh, in the other parts of uh, the world where they are determined that they are going to rule over one another and take charge of the lives of others. And so they are, they are fighting in those places, but how many of you know life is a fight? Life is a battle. Life is something that you cannot succeed in if you don't make up your mind that you're going to fight. But listen, people who are carrying something, something that they value, they don't walk like people who are just walking. They walk different when they're carrying something. It might be so simple as just a glass of water. If you don't walk right, you'll splash all of it out, and by the time you get where you're really going with it, all the water will be gone. But when you are carrying something, you walk different. And people who are concerned about the things that are valuable don't live like folk who are not concerned about what they value. You live differently when you've got something of value. Come on, help me and say it again. You don't walk right the same way when you've got something of value. And not only that, my next point is that there are some things that you're going to have to release and let go because they are like water spilled on the ground. Let go of things that's, that should not have been in your life in the first place. Him again, let go of things that should not be in your life in the first place. Some things go wrong because they are wrong. It will never work because it should never have existed in the first place. It was against God's will in the first place. Now you come asking God to fix it. God is not going to fix what was against his will in the first place. God will not bless what he has forbidden. The circle of God's will is also the circle of his blessing and the circle of his promises. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, let go of non-productive regrets 
and sorrows about your past. I know there are hurts and failures in your past and defeat in your past, but nothing deserves a daily funeral. Come on, tell your neighbor, nothing deserves a daily funeral. Tell the one on the other side, nothing deserves a daily funeral. Let go of hurts, failures, defeats. Listen, if it died, have one funeral and move on. Come on, tell your neighbor, if he died, have one funeral and move on. Some people are so upset with failures and hurts of their past that they cannot walk into their future. Every time you see them, they're talking about what happened 15 years ago, what so-and-so did to them 20 years ago. Listen, I'm not going there. I'm walking into my future. Anybody in here walking into your future? Hallelujah. I'm not saying that after you've done what you can, you just give up on it and walk away. I'm not saying that you should not try to fix the problems and offenses and failures of your past. I'm just saying when you've done your best, fix it and move on. Come on, look over at your neighbor and say, when you've done your best, fix it and move on. Pay your debts. Pay your child support and then move on. Do right by the people in your past and then move on. Some things in your life are done. They are over. They are finished. Stop talking about how you wish you could have them back. They are gone. Listen, when water is spilled, when water is spilled, don't stand there looking at the damp dirt, D-A-M-P, dirt. Fix it and move on. Hallelujah. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about opportunities you missed. I'm talking about love you lost. I'm talking about foreclosures that came into your life. I'm talking about that time you got evicted. I'm talking about that lost job, the stupid mistakes you made, and a thousand other things. When it's over, it's over. Stop looking at the ground, get up and move on. Come on, tell somebody, get up and move on. I got a feeling that God's gonna help somebody to move on. Somebody's gonna stop crying over spilt milk. Somebody's gonna stop lingering over damp soil. Somebody's gonna have to stop hanging around. You might have to cry once, but don't cry forever. Oh, can I say it again? You don't know, have to cry once, but don't you cry forever. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying it did not hurt. I'm just saying you can't live on that level. You've got to rise up and walk into your future. You have to let go and move on. Come on, tell your neighbor, let go and move on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 2 Samuel 12, 
and 15. David's son was sick unto death. And David got sick with his son. He, he just fasted and prayed and stayed before the Lord and asked God, please bless my son. Let my son live. Son went without food. He went without food. But finally, everything that David tried to do did not do the job. And seven days he fasted. But finally, the child died. And David's servants thought that David was going to die, that he was going to really lose it over the loss of his son. But when David's son died, David got up, went, took a bath, went to the dining room, said, bring me some food to eat, put on a change of clothing, and went on about his business. And somebody said, David, how could you be so cheerful now when your son was sick? You almost died yourself. But David said, when my son was sick, there was hope that he might recover, that I would have him back again. But now my son is gone. I will go to him, but he won't come to me. I'm moving on with my life. Child of period, child of God, move on and go ahead. Move on and rise up higher. Hallelujah. I'm almost through now. I suggest that some of you may need to let go of other people's concern about you. I'm not going to dumb down just because you feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to cut back just because it makes you feel good. I'm not going to let you drag me through a lot of mess and negativity just because you want to do it. I'm going to elevate my mind. I'm going to elevate my mind. I'm going to elevate my conversation. I'm going to walk on the level of goodness and righteousness and power. I'm not going to drop my friend and look pitiful just because you are lonely. I'm not going to be less than the best. I'm not going to let anybody keep me from rising higher because they think I'm uppity or ambitious. I'm going to be the best I can be. I said I'm going to be the best I can be. And if you can deal with me, you have to deal the way I am. If you can't deal with the way I am, bye Felicia, I'm moving on. Come on and say, praise the Lord. I might have to tell you bye, but I've got to move on up a little bit higher. God is not so concerned about your past as he is about your future. He's not so concerned about how and what you have been as he is about what you can be. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 9, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. But I persecuted the church, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Hallelujah. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than all of them. It was the grace of God in me. And so as I go 
to my close. I just want to let you know that you can reach up higher and you can go into a world of blessing and power. Tell your neighbor it's time to go up. It's time to go higher. Paul said in Philippians 3 and 13, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody here going higher? Reaching higher? Hallelujah. Before I close, let me have my funeral here. I'm convening a mass funeral. I'm calling in everybody that has somebody who has died and won't die. I'm convening a mass funeral today. I pronounce that your hurt, your regrets, your past regarding other people's attitude, the things you need to let go, everything that you have lost. I pronounce they are dead. I said they are dead. There they are right now. They're in the casket. They look, look just like they did when they were alive. You know, that's what people say. They, they can't just walk up to the casket and look. They got to say something. And they say they look like they are still alive. And, and uh, you know they're dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're in the casket. Uh-huh. Uh, the cotton, the undertaker, the mortician has done a good job. Go ahead, scream and cry. Do all the things that you do when you come to somebody's casket. But now I'm closing the casket. We're now on our way to the cemetery. Here's a limousine. And, and there's the graveyard. There is the, 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 the grave site. And, and we're going to bury it all right now. They're putting them in the casket, burying the casket, closing the casket. Now, now it's filled. The grave is filled. And the casket is in place. We're driving away from the graveyard. It's over now. And we've got to move on. What you buried may try to show up in your future. But you have to learn to say, it's there. How many of you know sometimes you've got to decide that it's time to move on? What are you going to do? Are you going to sit there looking at the damn D-A-M-P dirt and the damn spot on the ground? How will you get up and march into your future? March into your destiny. Get up. Your future is better than your past. Tell your neighbor your future is better than your past. Get up in the power of God. God can turn your life around. The Bible says in Psalm 84 and 1, the Lord God 
is a sun and a shield. And the Lord will give grace and he'll give glory. And no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Child of God, I see you in the future. And you look much better than you look right now. Child of God, it's going to be all right. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. We cannot see through the future, but we can walk on, walk on by faith in God. Child of God, put your trust in God. Put your faith in God. The devil can't stop you. His demons can't hinder you. Walk on by faith. Walk on through prayer. It's all right now. He's able, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. That's what keep it. It's gonna be alright. Alright. He's able. I said he's able to fix it. Hallelujah. I said I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able. We serve an able God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord. I don't know about you. I made up my mind. I'm going to pick up my life. I'm going to lift up my head. And I'm going to walk my faith into my destiny. Tell two people, walk into your destiny. 